1: Striving for mediocrity in a world of excellence, this is The Chaser Report.
2: Hello and welcome to The Chaser Report for Tuesday the 13th of July. Now Charles, we tried to get Kevin Rudd on the show, but he was too busy running Australia's vaccine rollout to come on.
3: Which frankly, I think, you know, you've got to think about priorities here. Mm. What is more important, uh, doing publicity or getting the vaccines? And I think... Scott Morrison has his priorities correctly. He just does the publicity. He does the photo ops. Yeah. Kevin Rudd, meanwhile, he won't even turn up on our show. What's the, what's the whole point of Kevin Rudd? If he's, All he's going to be doing is
2: getting the vaccines for us. I mean, arguably, he's a better prime minister now than he has been at any point <laughs> since the GFC. But uh, we do have a bit of a scoop, Dom, mm. because we
3: actually have a close personal friend of Kevin Rudd on our
2: staff, we do. Gabby Bolt, yeah, uh, one of our wonderful interns, um, I think, is basically besties with Kevin. Hello, Gabby.
4: Hello. We have got to stop pressing this 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 narrative that I'm remotely best friends with Kevin Rudd.
3: What I, do you I, mean? I, we've interacted like twice. Yeah, yeah, you're friends. Yeah. You've interacted twice.
2: Uh, no, by K Rudd standards, you're basically on his personal staff.
4: Mm. No, no. Does he, he, does he
2: follow you on Twitter?
4: He follows me on TikTok. For a while there, I was the only person he followed. How is he on TikTok? (laughs) He is on TikTok. He's got some great TikTok videos. Why are
2: you the first person? This is fascinating.
4: (laughs) Well, the thing that was happening this time last year was uh, the Murdoch Royal Commission petition. And I felt really strongly about it. And so I made this really crap um, rap song trying to encourage my small following at the time to sign the petition Uh, and he took notice of it on Twitter and he he shared it and he said, oh, great video, Gabby. I wasn't game enough to duet this time. And so, of course, I took that to mean that there'd be a (laughs) next time. And so I wrote him another song, which was like a ballad, and I left a space for him to sing. His own name I just wanted him to say his own name He didn't even have to sing I just thought that was the easiest way Of getting him to to interact And yeah, he did He duetted me so, on TikTok So you have
3: sung a duet with yeah. Kevin Rudd Yeah, I,
4: ro- I wrote a song for him That he then sang on Yes And he did He did quite the ad-libs To be honest
2: Look, I think we need to have a listen to this Can we just roll a bit of this audio? The
4: Murdoch monopoly is tragic uh-huh.
5: Diversity
4: in media is gone it's gone. But with your help, maybe we'll bring it back And see to finally write the journalistic wrong So if you want fairness in the media Don't act like a stick in the mud No more whining, no more bitching Sign here for a royal commission Sincerely
0: I'm Kevin
2: Rudd. It's fantastic. Where were you when he was PM? He would still be PM with you (laughs) polishing his image on social.
4: I actually have a funny story about where I was when he was PM. So I um, went to a couple of political rallies with my mum when I was a kid. I didn't know that they were political rallies at the time. And so I got a badge from a Kevin 07 rally and I took it to school for show and tell the next week. And then I got sent home for imparting political ideology onto the kids. I was like in year four. (laughs)
3: Were um, you? Did you take any phone calls with Pfizer executives over the week? Were weekend? you on the Zoom?
4: I'd give anything to be in that Zoom room. I just want to see if it was as serious as it sounds or if it was a bit more like, how are you going?
2: Well, because Kevin Rudd has, he's got kind of two modes, doesn't he? I mean, He's got the mode where he uses the very long weird words that no one understands, but then he's got the private... These Chinese rat fuckers are trying rat fuck mode. I want that in the Zoom mm. with Pfizer.
4: Yeah, I want handball, Kev. I want Kev to just get on the on the Zoom and be like, "Hey guys, handball match prize, Pfizer vaccines for the whole nation."
3: <laughs> See, that's good. That's good negotiation technique.
4: And everyone can't say no to a handball game. Yeah. Even the least sporty person, i.e., myself, would not say no to a handball match.
3: Done. Well, you heard it here first. We We've got the scoop. Gabby Bolt has solved Australia's vaccine crisis. That is Gabby Bolt, best friend of Kevin Rudd.
4: I'm not his best friend. You've got to stop saying that.
3: Thanks, Gabby. <laughs> Coming up on the show, we are talking to Mark Humphreys, who is definitely having a worse time of lockdown than anyone else that and lots more coming up but first of all let's go to Rebecca dana in the Chaser Newsroom.
1: New South Wales Premier Gladys Berejiklian has today denied claims that the government put politics over listening to health experts when responding to COVID. The Premier explained that the government has always listened to experts and that all their decisions were based on the best medical advice from spin doctors. Sky News broadcaster Peter Credlin has today slammed Kevin Rudd over the bungled vaccine rollout after the former Prime Minister stepped in to secure an extra million doses of Pfizer. Sky said it was completely unacceptable that Rudd had taken this long to secure the supply before pointing out he still has done nothing to fix hotel quarantine and calling for him to resign. And the federal government has today taken action in the fight against COVID by releasing an ad shaming people who can't get a vaccine for not getting vaccinated. The campaign will also see the government shame workers for not staying home before refusing to give any of them JobKeeper so they can stay in their homes. I'm Rebecca Dana Muno for The Chaser Report.
0: Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live.
5: This episode is brought to you by Fitness First Sydney. It's not a full lockdown, which means our world-class gyms are still open for business. Our state-of-the-art machines are ready, whether you're pushing, pulling or super spreading. And sign up for our daily COVID classes that'll have you panting for months.
2: As this lockdown drags on, Charles and I have been trying to find people whose lives are worse than ours to cheer us up. Yesterday we got Jenna Owen from The Feed On to talk about her life in uh, in hotel quarantine and uh, it turned out that was much more enjoyable than our lives. Uh, that backfired a bit, didn't it, Charles?
3: Yes, it totally backfired. So we thought we can't go wrong if we get Mark Humphreys on the line.
2: <laughs> yes, of 7.30, of course, the author of... Uh, Uh, on politics and stuff with Evan Williams, which is out now, which you should be going by. Hello, Mark.
6: Hello, guys. I'm glad that, yes, when you need someone whose life is worse than yours, you think, Mark Humphreys. he... (laughs) He's the guy for us. But you're right. You are absolutely right. My life is worse than yours at the moment. So I'm here to cheer you up with that news because I've uh, I've been diagnosed with something, guys. Yes,
3: yes. because I can see you. We've got a video
2: (laughs) link. and Hmm. You don't look
3: well. Let me lean
6: into the camera.
2: What is that? I'm sorry that the viewers of 7.30 can't see this (laughs) because, frankly, were I Lee Sales, I'd have some probing questions about your eye, (laughs) sir.
6: Rightly so, yes. So I uh, experienced some shock sharp uh, stabbing pains in my face a couple of days ago uh, and uh, went to the hospital about that and they 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 were very reassuring they came back and said uh, we don't know what's wrong with you um, so they <laughs> wow. said it could, 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 could be your sinuses, uh, could be a, a, a tear duct issue so here's some nasal spray, here's some eye drops and uh, let's see how you go so then a couple of days passed and then I woke up this morning and basically one half of my face, I look like I look like Aaron Eckhart in the Second half of the Dark night, you know. I've, yes. I'm, so one half of my face is just um, completely—it's just a big rash. Uh, mm. One eye is completely bloodshot and half half closed. <laughs> so I went to the doctor today, and it turns out that I have. Does anyone want to take a guess? We could make a fun. It could make a fun game of this based on those, using the the web MDs we've got here. What, what do you think this mm. is?
2: Okay, is it-
6: COVID of the eye? <laughs> COVID of the eye It is in a sense I've got shingles Oh Um, no So it's just like Sort of adult um, Chicken pox Yes, mumps um, or something. Oh, chickenpox. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. So well, mm. well, yeah. So my understanding is that chickenpox apparently, I think chickenpox sort of stays even once you've had it, and you think it's gone. It sort of lives in your spine, uh, mm. <laughs> waiting to come All back right. under the right circumstances. Right. And um, so mm. apparently, stress is a great cause uh, for bringing back uh, bringing this on. But I can't see what would be <laughs> stressful about uh, living in Sydney in this yeah. day and age. I can't think of anything. So right it is course. COVID of the eye. <laughs> it's spinal covid, COVID, COVID of, of the eye. eye. <laughs> so, yeah, so that's that's exciting. And is there uh, is, is it, there a cure? Uh, well, I, I've I've been given some uh, wonderful generic uh, medicine that I'm holding up here, so uh, Vaclavir, uh, uh, it will be uh, my friend for the next uh, 7 days. And also, yes, and something they've also given me painkillers for the cuz cause it causes a sort of tingling sensation. So sort of my face just sort of feels uh, uh, quite sparkly in a uh... no,
3: but thank you, uh, Mark, for getting shingles. That that really has well. Let's put a little.
6: Let's <laughs> lifted your spirit. an extra
3: step in my my footsteps. <laughs> the, the
2: problem is, Charles, that when my when Mark gets better and he has the medication to get better, hmm. um, he's still going to be Australia's most prominent satirist. So, is there any is there any
3: possibility that the shingles won't go away and you won't be able to do seven thirty anymore? And we could (laughs) take your
6: job. I'll put in a good word for you. I think I've had a good run. Um, yes, if you enjoy being compared to Clark and Door week on week, you're welcome. To have it. <laughs> on the bright
2: side, Mark, 50% of your face is still looking very handsome. In oh, that
6: my day. gosh. If you just shoot me from this one angle, my God. But I think I remembered hearing that about, like, Tom Hanks, that apparently, like, all of his comedy films, are, uh, the posters are his face from one side and all of his drama films opposed to <laughs> his face from the He's other side. He's got like, a drama side funny... and a comedy
2: side. Well, you've got a <laughs> You've got a comedy side and a disaster movie side.
6: <laughs> You're Clark and Door all in one. <laughs> oh, man. But speaking of criticizing appearances, uh, one thing I... I want a recent lockdown project for myself, which no one cared about, but I'm going to plug it anyway because I put a lot of work into it. Uh, have you guys listened to Obama's memoir? No. So I listened to the audiobook of it and I noticed that on multiple occasions he would introduce someone that he worked with uh, and describe them as... Balding, he would he would what? always just emphasize that they were balding. I saw this on and, your social uh, media. Yes, that's it. And I thought this is a very odd thing to do. And I asked, I put a call out on Twitter. I said, "Does anyone have like an ebook version of this where they can search a word for me?" And uh, this person helped me out and, and found that the word "balding" appears five times in Obama's memoir. And so I've done this supercut of Obama introducing like friends, like people he actually worked with. But always just with um uh, balding and bespectacled, or like uh, uh short and prematurely balding. Uh, uh he was thirty eight by then, but looked older, stocky and slightly balding. Like he's just he's a bitch. He's he's a completely horrible person. Um anyway, so I thought, oh this will go gangbusters. No one cares. But that's that's my lockdown. That project. is so <laughs>
2: helpful because that proves to me that not only are you having a miserable time, that Barack Obama, probably the best human on the planet, is also just a jerk. So thank you for dragging <laughs> the, the, the best president of our lifetime down to our
6: level. Exactly. It was about time.
2: Thank you very much, Mike. All the best for the recovery, uh,
6: except from Charles, who wishes this episode This episode of The Chaser permanent.
5: Report is brought to you by Home and Away. Don't miss the shocking season finale where Sarah finds her dog's hit-and-run killer and John's cousin recovers from a speedboat accident. With a vengeance. Ah! Who's the secret man that Cheryl's been seeing behind Jackson's back? Find
0: out on Home and Away.
2: Big story today, as we heard at the start of the show, of course, the Pfizer vaccine rollout uh, botched as it is. Whether or not Kevin Rudd's meeting with the Pfizer executives actually did anything to try and speed things up. And one of our interns, Alex, has got some thoughts on this. Hi, Alexa.
5: Hey, hey. Yeah, so we've had a bit of news recently. ABC article came out saying senior business figures turned to former PM Kevin Rudd to intervene in bringing forward Australia's Pfizer vaccine supply. Um, I mean, straight off the bat, anything that starts with senior business figures is an immediate red flag for me. I don't <laughs> know about you guys. Um, senior business figures is how you describe the people behind, I don't know, the Atlantic slave trade or the opium wars or fossil fuel <laughs> lobby, you know, as a rule of thumb there. They're bad but, news
3: But also it wasn't Just thinking about it It wasn't Trump A
5: senior business
3: <laughs> <Yeah>. figure <wasn't laughs> like, Exactly Jeff Bezos The biggest fuckwit Of our entire era Is a senior business
2: figure Well Al- Alan exactly. Bond I mean there's a lot of people <laughs> Who ended up in prison but Christopher case. One of the theories that I heard was that it was Therese. It was like his wife just thought, oh, yeah, <laughs> get Kevin on it. She's very rich. She's, she's the brains of the family, frankly.
5: But yeah, according to the article, um, there were 40 million doses scheduled for the end of 2021, which is apparently four months later than other countries managed to secure it. So we wanted to bring it forward. And essentially, ScoMo was incompetent and Rudd meets with a Pfizer chief and pretty much says, you can bring the doses forward, but Scott Morrison needs to get off his ass and talk to Pfizer. <laughs> um, I don't know, there's, there's something inherently weird about this story so far.
2: It's true. It's not often that Kevin Rudd is the model of efficiency when it comes to Prime Ministers it's not really his, his bag
5: apparently according to the uh, senior business figures Pfizer was complaining that the Australian government was rude dismissive and penny pinching they, they were grumpy that they only spoke to relatively junior bureaucrats and mm. they expressed their astonishment that the Prime Minister Scott Morrison had not directly spoken to Pfizer mm. uh, I don't know. I mean, like you guys probably have more experience dealing with large companies than me. Do you do they legitimately have these kinds of self-esteem issues? Is this like a <laughs> common thing? <laughs>
2: uh, the main way we deal we've dealt historically with large companies is by going into their foyers and getting kicked out of them, Alex. I'm not sure we know much more about it than you do. Isn't the point that they're all corrupt, right? Like it's, it's not
3: like AstraZeneca is the height of, you know, <laughs> probity or anything like that. It's just that they were pissed off that AstraZeneca had, you know, it didn't one of the senior staff at AstraZeneca was in the PM's office and stuff like that. Oh, and Pfizer so didn't was. have anyone in the PM's office, so that's what they were
5: jealous about. They were jealous oh, about classic. the access. Yeah, that's yeah. a classic bad relationship dynamic. The prime yes. minister was talking to other multinational corporations behind their back. That's <laughs> it was a that's sort naughty. of.
3: I mean, there's sort of there's a rom com in it.
5: I think. Oh, definitely. Yeah. That, at least the way it unfolds. But yeah. I mean, from. Pfizer's point of view I'm just confused because like why on earth would you want to talk to Scott Morrison that's the that's <laughs> the weird like, he's the last yeah. person I want to negotiate with yeah, you can imagine
3: the bureau- junior bureaucrat saying no 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 no, you've got it good <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> we're
5: preventing you from talking to Scott Morrison <laughs> on, on the other side you got you got Pfizer he's a company that about a decade ago had to pay 1.3 billion dollars in a lawsuit because they knew about uh, the negative cardiovascular side effects of their best-selling painkillers but hid the information from the public I just confuse, Like, how do you offend a company like that? How do you make them feel neglected? Make them feel bad? I just well, it's like a mob boss. I got to show some
2: respect. You have got to go and kiss the ring. And Morrison didn't go and pay difference, like that scene from The Godfather. Morrison didn't come to him on his father's birthday and promise a favour. But it is, it is concerning, isn't it? That the the well being of all of us hmm. is dependent on these absolute fuckknuckles. The thing
5: is, I I personally don't really think it's a rom com. I think there are other things outside of this, other than hurting the big company's feelings, I think they want certain commercial concessions. Um, Because if you look into Rudd's letter that he wrote to ScoMo, he writes, speaking on my own initiative, I floated the possibility of Australia perhaps seeking a large scale advance order of Pfizer's 2022 vaccine booster, which is still under development. So the idea is like we buy this huge order of vaccine boosters and then Mm maybe Pfizer will negotiate with us about bringing the date sooner.
3: So, yeah. So, I mean, it's sort of standard Aussie business practice, isn't it? It's like you scratch your, my back, I'll scratch yours. It's, it's basically not any bigger than you'd find at Paddy's Markets on a Saturday morning. <laughs> you know, you buy these ageing mandarins
2: and I'll buy some of your fish. It is strange, isn't it? But the thing that I find most surprising about this whole biff with Pfizer is that they're the people who make Viagra. So how the hell was Barnaby (laughs) Joyce not already in bed with them?
5: Exactly. That's probably the biggest hole in this story so far, actually.
2: Have you got a problem that needs fixing
4: but you really don't have the time? Is an entire nation calling for your blood because you bungled a big project? Maybe you've already solved the problem but want somebody else to take the credit. Then why not call Kev Repairs?
2: Oh, no, I missed my bus. Not to worry, I've just called the CEO of the bus company and they've turned the bus around. Wow, thanks, Kevin Ride. You're welcome, got a zip.
4: Oh no, I was already running late and now my bus has turned around for some reason.
2: Not to worry, I've had you fired from your job, so you no longer need to be at that meeting.
4: Oh, um, I actually kinda needed that job.
2: You can thank me later. Oh no, the country's vaccine that has been delayed because I put all my eggs in one basket and ordered the wrong vaccine. Not a problem. I've just had a meeting with the CEO of Pfizer and he agreed to double the supply. So I've saved the day again. Wow. But didn't the government already have that agreement in place? Uh, got a zip.
4: Kev Repairs, the number one cause and solution to all life's problems.
5: Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. quince.com slash style.
2: Charles, just before we go, a great little story from the UK. Mm. Apparently over there, um, the the Treasury, the UK Treasury, Mm. had this weird thing where over 100 phones were wiped because of pin resets. In other words, the people who uh, had the phones and used them forgot their pins. So the entire phone got wiped. All the text messages got lost. All the data got lost and they had to start again. This even affected the guy who runs the department, the permanent, permanent secretary, Tom Scholar. How weird is it that the people who were in charge of remembering numbers <laughs> forgot their pins? Well,
3: I mean... Numbers are very, especially if you work in the Treasury, number is a very slippery concept. I, I don't know whether you remember here last year, you know, the Australian Treasury misplaced $60 billion. So, I mean, I, I think it's completely acceptable <laughs> that they have no um, sense of thing. But uh, the strange thing is, um, I don't know whether you saw in that story um, that, uh, do you know what the pin number that they forgot was? I've, I've got it here. It, oh, I can see why they forgot it. It was um, one, two, three, four. That's very hard to remember.
2: <laughs> <laughs> there's a link to Australia too, because um, there's this story about Green Capital. You know the yes, yes, the, run by the Queensland guy went went broke, huge belly up, and apparently David Cameron had been texting them all, the former PM, trying to try oh. and get their support because he was on the board or whatever. So. What an accident that all the texts got Uh, wiped.
3: All the texts got wiped from those phones. Also, it was sort of like it was the British equivalent of the tractor ran over my iPhone story that we had here.
2: Speaking of which, Charles, uh, is there any way we can set up the Chase's mobile phones so that whenever we get to it for defamation, they automatically reset?
3: (laughs) Oh, I like that. That's a very good idea. Hold on. I'll just have to remember my pin to this phone. Uh, What was it now? I know it started
2: with a one. What was it? <laughs> Wasn't it our like net profit for last year?
3: Oh, right. Okay, here we go. Zero, 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 zero. Yep, I'm in.
2: There's lots of more stories at chaser.com.au around the clock. Uh, follow us on all the socials and please give us a five-star review. And Yes. Um, what's the code phrase, Charles, for today?
3: Uh, the code phrase for today is,
2: Mark Humphreys has shingles. (laughs) Tell everyone. (laughs) Mark
3: Humphreys has shingles.
2: How embarrassing. Yeah, okay, that's
3: good. Yeah.
2: Yeah. yeah. And you could give the shingles review. For me, it's five-star performance. Five stars.
3: Definitely. Five rashes, five stars.
2: We normally mention the Melbourne Podcast Festival gig here. It's becoming more unlikely by the day. But, look, Hope Springs Eternal, 1st of August, at the Podcast Festival. We're notionally meant to be there.
3: So my, my, if you are buying tickets to the Melbourne Podcast Festival, what I would do is spend the 30 bucks to buy a ticket to the Chaser Report thing and then spend another 30 bucks betting against it from happening. And <laughs> it's called <laughs> hedging. Very good <laughs> idea.
2: Hedge your bet and you'll make money. Our gears from Road Microphones and we're part of the Acast Crowder Network. Catch you tomorrow. See you out.